Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi there, I'm Dave Butler. I'm Grace Freeman. Welcome to Don't Miss This. It's our scripture study podcast. I almost said scripture study time. Oh, it's both. <laughs> but it made it sound so exciting. Um, <laughs> we move through the scriptures every single week and we point out things we think you don't want to miss. That's why it's called Don't Miss This, by the way, if you're new, because we just don't want you to think we are saying don't miss this, you know, <laughs> us or anything like that. So, uh, we are still in the book of Romans today. This is part two of the book of Romans, which if you missed last week, here are these couple bits of advice. One is don't be super overwhelmed by it. People do their PhD like of theology with segments of the book of Romans, like a couple of verses or something like that. So it's a heavy book to like to understand completely what's going on. Uh, one thing that might help, especially the whole second half of the New Testament is getting another translation of the Bible, another English translation of the Bible, or Spanish, I don't care. <laughs> but, you know, uh, the NIV is a great suggestion, the ESV. There is an app. It's called the Bible app. You can get that and, that, and they're all included on there. And sometimes it's awesome to flip through different translations of the Bible to just get a gist of like, oh, that's what it's trying to say. And when, you can compare them side to side yeah, on the app, which yeah. is so nice. Super cool to be able to do that. And then you're just like, remember, ancient words, ancient languages like Greek can be translated in a whole lot of different ways into English. And so when you get a chance to see like, oh, it, it really makes words come alive when you get a chance to do that. On our, like our Word of Week posters um, that we have, there's a Greek definition down at the bottom and there's several words for that one single word that we picked because that's just how languages are. And so it just helps you get a, I don't know, a richer understanding of what's going on there. Sometimes you might like a certain translation of one better that you're like, oh, that really speaks to me. Because you know how words are. Like, just, there's some words that you're just like, oh, that's my favorite word. I love how it says that. So anyways, that's a great suggestion for the second half of the New Testament. I think, legit, I don't think I liked the second half of the New Testament until <laughs> I got another translation in English. Because I was like, oh my gosh, like, that's wait, what's happening. I get it. That's I can what you're understand. saying, you know? Yeah. So. Some things are like really, really pretty in the King James also. And so use all of them. I think that's great. There's another app you can use. It's like a, it's called Strong's Concordance. And that will give you like what the Greek words are and original definitions there too. But remember, people used that concordance when they translated these different translations. And so you're kind of getting a two for one when you, when you're doing that. But anyways, uh, lots of stuff out there today to like understand what's happening. Um, okay. Romans 7 through 16, good night. Like we are like, like even like not approaching a big chunk of it in the middle because we only have a couple of principles that we, you know, can pick out of there every single week. And I love in the Come Follow Me um, app or whatever this is called <laughs> on the gospel library. That's what I mean. There's this suggestion at the beginning and, and, and it says this, like, only a few of the gospel principles can be included in this outline. So don't limit yourself to what's addressed here. And I think that's super fantastic advice that, you know, here's a couple ideas of things that you might want to focus on. And if you're teaching or, or sharing or something like that, but obviously there's going to be some of your favorites that we're, ex that we're like skipping over accidentally. So 
Um, a lot of really, really thick, good stuff here that we're not going to be able to get all of it, but some of our favorites. And it makes you so happy because it really does just get to be, oh, pick your favorite. What do you love? Yeah. You can choose this whole week. Exactly. Um, and I've been loving Romans Extra because I, right now, so many missionaries are going out on their mission. And like it is, oh, don't it's tell a David. Tender. It's a tender topic to me right now. <laughs> I just remember. Listen, I, Jack and I were like digging a sprinkler line no, today. David. Which normally makes me cuss, you know, <laughs> because it's like, who ever wants to do that ever in their whole life? It's I like, oh. And it was under the deck. So I seriously am like squatting no. and just like, like just digging a sprinkler line. And normally like legit, I would be so mad. And instead I'm like crying because no. I'm like, this is my last time to dig a sprinkler line with Jack. Because <laughs> if you do it every day, like it's your best You're weeping hysterically. Jack couldn't care less. Jack is mad. <laughs> oh, so that's coming up for me. It's fine. Don't tell David. But... I, this is sad for you, but happy for me because it's all like my students that are going on their missions and that it's so is fun. such a happy time. And they keep all are like, oh, add me, like, can I add you to the email list? Like, what's your email? What's your email? And then it was making me so happy to read Romans because I was like, it's like I'm just in an email list, a little That's missionary exactly email list. And then you love it yeah. and you're going to cry over it, but I'm going <laughs> to love it. <laughs> and um, it's interesting because there's one part that, see, this is the thing, is that you just have to choose your favorite and that's going to be fine. And this really is one of my favorite parts. And he starts talking about the Spirit. It's in Romans 8, starting in like verse 26 area. And there's this moment that he talks about this specific, like these specific experiences that we have in our lives. They're the type of experiences that you don't really have words for, you know, that are either so tender, so sad, so happy, that you don't have words for. And mm -hmm. he starts talking and he's like, okay, here's the thing. You need to know that the spirit also helps in our infirmities. For we know, like when those moments that we don't really know what to pray for, or it's hard to get the words out, or you don't really know how to say what you're feeling, that's actually when the spirit starts helping us. And this is the best part, everyone, is when it says this. Um, for, for us with groanings which cannot be uttered, for the part of your heart that you just do not even have words for, that's what the Spirit's for. That's mm. when He's going to step in and say, oh, wait, let me help you. When you're praying in moments like that, let me help. And I think automatically when I read this, I started thinking about memories. Mm. That I was just like, okay, well, when is that? When are the moments that I'm like, oh, I don't know if I can pray because like, I, like, where do I even start? And the first one came to mind was just recent. And it was in Argentina and it was my last day in Argentina. And... I'm not even being, I'm being a little dramatic, but I'm not being that dramatic. When I say that seriously, some of my very best memories were in Argentina. Mm. Like some of the best days of my whole entire life. And it was my last morning and I was like, okay, I only have one more day in Argentina. Like, what am I going to do? Like, I have to end. Like, I really care about ending like with a happy ending. Yeah. So I was like, I have to end good. And there was this little dock right by our house that I woke up. I set my alarm before anyone else was going to wake up on the trip. And I raced down to the dock for the sunrise. And I went and stood on this cute little dock in the middle of Argentina. And there's the best sunrise ever because I'm spoiled by God. And I sat on the dock <laughs> and I just started my morning prayer, like not even thinking. Like I just was like, okay, like I was like, maybe I'll just pray. And right after I started, I just had this moment that I was like, Where, what do I even pray about right now? Like, what do I even say in this prayer? And all of these memories just like played like a super cut in my mind. Like it was just like 
every like good, miraculous, happy, tender, spiritual moment just like fast forward played in my head. And I was like, what? I don't even know what to say. Like I felt exactly like verse 26. Mm. And I just heard the spirit so strong just say, oh, just say thank you. And my prayer was so short that day on the dock. But it was one of the most tender prayers I've ever had in my life mm. because of that reminder. Like, oh, I don't have words. So sometimes thank you is enough. Yeah. But sometimes moments that we don't have words for aren't necessarily the good moments. They're the bad ones. Yeah. And I think prayer is still like prayers in those moments are just as memorable for a very different reason. Like last year, um, I never had super bad struggles with mental health. That was never something that like really affected my life very deep until last year. And it was like last March, April, February. And I, all of a sudden, like anxiety took over my heart. Like I never had experienced in my entire life. And things are going on in my life that I think probably triggered it a little bit, but it kind of came out of nowhere. And it was really interesting because what started happening is the worse my anxiety got, the harder it was to pray. And I would get so frustrated because I was like, I know that praying is supposed to help, yeah. but I just couldn't get myself to pray. And the anxiety got so bad that like every day before I brushed my teeth, I would throw up because I was so anxious oh. to like live through that day. <laughs> that I was, I was so, I was struggling so, so bad. And I remember trying to pray so hard and feeling so mad at myself that I couldn't, mm. that I was like, what do I even do? And by like the very worst that it got, my prayer was the same every single day. And it was just one word again. And it was just help. Just help me today. That's it. That's all I can do. That's the only prayer I have. And I think that sometimes we limit what we think the Spirit's job is. And we say, oh, the Spirit's for revelation or the Spirit is for comfort. Mm -hmm. And those are so true. But I also want to say, oh, the Spirit's actually going to help when I don't have the words to say it by myself. Yeah. And on that dock in Argentina and on my kitchen floor in my apartment in Provo, I love that the Spirit is going to show up in those moments too and say, wait, you do your best, but I'm going to make sure that your prayer is heard. All of it, the memories, the ideas, the anxieties, the fear, all of that is going to be heard even if you don't use words. Yeah. There's a couple like verses back. You were just making me think of this where it's like, it says in 14, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Or we would say the sons and daughters of God, the children of God. And it talks about receiving what's called the spirit of adoption. And Paul's talking about a couple of things here, but it just says this, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And that word Abba is a really tender word. It's, it's not like a, it's not like a, a, an official like title of father. It's like a, it's a, what a little kid would say. And it, it's just kind of like this. And, I, and, and it says this right after the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And there's something about that where you can know like mentally, oh yeah, I've learned my whole life. I'm a, I'm a child of God. But then there's something about like, like, like there's a difference between like a, a, a little girl knowing like, oh, this is my dad and my dad loves me and that dad picking her up after work and twirling her around and the spirit like brings the twirl and just says like, you're, yeah, you're like, you're, I, you know, I get it. I understand as a missionary, I had this really frustrating time once and I went in to talk with my mission president and he was Korean and I wasn't. <laughs> 
still am not. I don't know why he said that. But like, yeah. thank you. Still, thank you. Still not Korean. But I meant, what I meant to say by that is like I didn't speak Korean super well, and he didn't speak English super well. And so I remember, like, I had my, like, dictionary out, and I was, like, uh, trying to, like, pour out my heart to him, try and get some help, and just, you know, and then finally I seriously just, like, shut my dictionary, and I was, like, oh, and I, like, just, you know, and then he reached across the table and grabbed my hand, and he was, like, I understand, and I knew that he did, and I knew it was the spirit that helped him, too, and it just feels like it's a moment like that where the spirit intercedes and like just helps remind you like who you are, twirls you around, it's just and and reaches out and's like I get it, I see where you're at, I know, you know, or or in the happy time like I get it, you know, like either of those. So, and I think sometimes we want to get so frustrated that we're like, why are my prayers not so good in these moments? Like when I'm struggling, those should be my best prayers. Or on my best days, like I should have 45 minute prayers when I am just so thankful. Yeah. And I'm not good at that. Like, that is not my strength to have wordy prayers like that. And I love, and even the footnote for verse 26 says um, communication. Hmm. I love that that is another job of the Holy Ghost. That he's like, oh, when you can't communicate, I'll do it for you. I will have your back in this. I get it. I will make sure that all of those things that are unspoken are understood. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Um, this next principle or kind of thought, it's going to tie into it a little bit, but we're going to back up a li- in seven. And just like when you're talking about like, oh, sometimes you just don't know what to say or you're just like, you know, where I was kind of, or thinking about that experience that I had with, with my mission president. Um, Paul like almost falls into this like, um, like frustrating cycle that he's in. And I think it's one that you might relate to also. It, it just is like, <laughs> he says this, um, starting in, let's see, uh, he just goes over and over and over again. Um, let's start in 15. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. <laughs> you know, and it kind of sounds like Dr. Seuss a little bit when he's doing it. But he goes again, for the good in 19, that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. You know, he's just like, man, I know there are so many times when I'm just like, I know better and I still do it. And I promise I won't. And I go back and I do it. And I know what's good and I still don't do it. And I know what's bad and I do it. And he just is like, I'm just so frustrated by the fact that I just can't get it right ever. And, and he says this, I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see that's verse 22 and 23. And he's like, but I see another law in me warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity of sin. Oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? (laughs) Where he's just like, oh my gosh, I cannot figure this out. I cannot get this right. I am so frustrated with, with myself. And I think one of the great roles of the Holy Spirit is to remind us in times like that, the truth and redemption and rescue of Jesus Christ. If you flip over into chapter eight, He says this, verse one, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk after the flesh, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Verse two, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. 
It's just like, yes, you will keep struggling, but you have been set free. Verse 3, for what the law could not do, and he goes in and explains this other step earlier in, in chapter 7, and it's this idea of like, when the law came to teach us how to be good, what it actually did is showed us how bad we were, you know? <laughs> so the law was good and it's like it showed us, but we were like, oh my gosh, it actually frustrates me because I see that I'm not measuring up. And we realize you can't measure up enough. Like you can't be good enough, but you can't keep the law well enough. But it says what the law could not do and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son condemn that flesh like God did it for you. And I think there's just, Paul keeps coming back to this. You remember last week that this is just one of the things that he just shouts from the rooftop because it's his own life experience where he's just like, you know, whatever life looks like, you know, look at this promise in verse 11, or I don't know if it's a promise, (laughs) chapter 8, 11, he says, if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, and just say almost say dot 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 like imagine right the same spirit that rose jesus from the grave lives in us right like i know that you're we're gonna have weakness we're gonna have shortcoming we're gonna have sin we're gonna keep falling into this but like imagine like how powerful that like realization is there's like if it can raise jesus from the grave imagine what it can do in your soul and in your life and and with your story. Yeah. No, 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 no. Well, I, over the past like year and a half, I think one of the most common conversations that I've had with my friends, youth in the church, like over and over and over again, um, are really tender, tender conversations of people coming up to me and just saying, I don't think I've ever felt the spirit in my life. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what he sounds like. I think I'm missing it. I don't think I'm doing things right. I think I'm missing it. And we talk about it all of the time, like the need for the spirit, how we won't be able to survive spiritually without the spirit. And I think that that is living in their heads. They know that they need it, but they're confused about what it actually feels like, what it actually is. And I think that these chapters are so fascinating to me. Because it's almost as if we like are entering into this idea of let me help you understand the spirit in ways that you maybe haven't yet. Mm. The fact that the spirit's going to communicate for you. We talk about the spirit as a still small voice and a comforter all of the time. But why don't we talk about the spirit's going to communicate when you don't have words? He's going to show up in those moments. Or Mm. why don't we talk about the fact that the role of the spirit is actually to help you conquer and step up and get bigger, you know? And find like confidence and find hope. Like it's almost as if like, you're saying like, do you read some of these words and feel like it reassured and feel hopeful about it? It was like, mm. oh, that would, that's the spirit. Like that's what he does. Like he confirms and like, like that's actually one of the words I use a lot when I talk about people are like, oh, how do you recognize it's the spirit? I just think like, oh, it actually like, it makes me feel like encouraged and it makes me feel like, okay, I'm okay. Like hopeful. You know, like those are some of, and Paul will talk about this in later chapters, the fruits of the spirit of what that actually might look like. But yeah, I love. It just makes you want to enter into a conversation of like, oh, let me dive into what the spirit actually does. And not just in one situation, but in all of these situations. Yeah. And chapter eight would be awesome for someone to Mm -hmm. jump in and do that. Here's a couple other verses in there. 
that I think you ought to like know. Verse 28, where he says, we know all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. I love that verse. As long as it doesn't get interpreted as everything will be good to those who love God, that would be a misinterpretation of scripture. But God can take anything and everything that happens and work it together for good. And that includes our own mistakes and our own weaknesses. He's big enough to weave those into the tapestry of our life and turn them for good. And and that would be so important. And 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? I'm 32, he says this, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If he was willing to give up his own son, you, like, I promise you he's not done with you because you made that same mistake again or you haven't conquered that weakness yet. Like he's for you. He's not against you. He's on your side and he's going to work all these things together for good. Um, and then his the best part of his whole sermon, if <laughs> I dare say, you know, when he asks a question in 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, or sword. Verse 37, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. I love the Greek in that word more. It says abundantly victorious, Hmm. right? He has leftovers, you know, like he's not going to run out with you. You are more than conquerors because of him who loved us. And that's actually our word for Jesus for the week. So hang that up and like glue it to the wall for a full 10 years, maybe, (laughs) because I think this is so awesome. This idea of just, no, you are conquerors through him, right? The father, the son, and the Holy Spirit are for you. They are working together, all things for your good. They each have their different roles, but their purpose is the same. And that is for you to overcome and to become something more. Check this out and try not to cheer. Just try in your line about to do carpool pickup, you know, <laughs> like can you just imagine someone's in their car and they're saying, yes, just look at this. For I am persuaded, these are the ending verses of chapter eight, that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, including you, I added that part, (laughs) shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. All of those contenders, and none of them stand up against him. You and I are conquerors because of his love for us. Like, oh, this stuff is so good. Like Paul, is it like, he, amen. Like, you know how people say, I shouldn't say this right now because I hate when people say in church, like, man, we could be done after that. And I'm always like, okay. <laughs> Great. <laughs> then let's we? be. Yeah. yeah. But like, wow. Like that is like, oh, it gets me so like, I love those verses. And don't you just want to say, don't you, at the end of this, I just want to add this in my scriptures. Look around. Because I want to say, if nothing can separate you, then it must be so close by. Whoa. His love must be surrounding us. Yeah. And then don't you just want to say, so look around. Yeah. Because it must be close. Uh, ah, 
It's so awesome. I don't know why I just made that noise. It was just like, that was my like happy noise. It was my groaning spirit. (laughs) Understood what I was trying to say. Um, We wish we could stay there forever, first of all, but it's fine. Now we'll go to chapter 12, Romans 12. And um, in verse one, it starts out and it's interesting because it starts out using a word that we hear in scripture all of the time. And it's the word sacrifice, which to me is automatically connected to death. I think just scripture kind of mm-hmm. made that happen in my head. Yeah, You know, sure, sure. you think temple sacrifices, Jesus' sacrifice, all of those tie to death to me, Right. you know? Right. And it's interesting because Paul actually tells you the exact opposite. And he is going to say this. He says, I beseech you um, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice. And it's so fascinating to me that he wanted to include the word living matched with sacrifice. Mm. And then all of a sudden it made me want to start thinking about my life, like my actual real life every day, Mm. because that's me living, right? Is I am like, okay, if I needed to think about a living sacrifice, I should think about me living. And so when I was studying this, I legit, I should have brought it. I legit went through and I wrote like my schedule of one day in my life. Like I was like, okay, an average day in the life of grace, what does it look like? And then after I wrote it, because I was busier than I thought I was going to be, I was like, wow, <laughs> to a lot, I'm so proud. But then I was getting less proud because then I went on my phone to screen time. And then I was humbled, first oh, of all. Oh, when it shows you how long you've spent yes, on, your, on your Yes, yes, I went to settings on my phone and it like tells you what apps you're spending exactly how many minutes on every single day. <laughs> That's dangerous. And it was so dangerous and so humbling that I like was looking at my day and then I was looking at my screen time and I was like, I don't even know where that fits in my day, first of all. (laughs) And then I was thinking about being a living sacrifice and what that would look like to be a living sacrifice for the Lord. Mm. And I was trying to decide where that fit into my day. And I started to think like, oh, I should block out some time to sacrifice. Like maybe I need to find some time. And then all of a sudden I started realizing that maybe a living sacrifice actually looks like your regular day that list of schedule that I built myself. But what if all of those were connected to Christ? Like what if all of those were connected to Jesus? Maybe all of a sudden that would look different and that looks like giving my entire life to him. Hmm. You know? Yeah. The, oh, when I, I can't get rid of my job. I still have to have a job. So how can I make my job a sacrifice for him? Yeah. What does that look like? Right. You know? Right. And it's interesting you say that because, so there's that word, okay, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. And Paul obviously is living in a, like a coming off of the Old Testament world. He's familiar with temple sacrifices. And if you thought to yourself, okay, what was an acceptable offering to God? And I wouldn't say it from God's end looking down. Like, does that make sense? Like, I wouldn't say like, what's God think is acceptable, but rather I would ask myself, David, what is an acceptable offering to God. Like he'd take anything, yeah. right? Like he would, right? But if I were asking the question, okay, what do I think would be acceptable to give to him, knowing who he is, you know? And it, actually, smart people about the book of Romans say that there's like a break right here in chapter 12 because um, he's about to give this list. And we're going to like look through some of that of what it looks like to be a living sacrifice right? How to live our lives like in, oh, 
reasonable service is what verse one hmm. says. The ESV Bible says in spiritual worship, right? Like how to live that way. But this would be really, really important. Chapters one through 11 are the precedent to the therefore in verse one. That sounded like I was a... like You a, were a smart person and you no, were like, talking yeah, about... Yeah, I was like a legit... Like, I don't know. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not that smart because I can't even think of a word. I'm like, notice, I'm like but, a professor right wow. now. Okay, Because it says, I beseech you, therefore, live as a living sacrifice. And therefores have to have something before them. And chapters 1 through 11 is essentially this. Like, if we were to summarize 1 through 11, because God has saved you in a wildly undeserving fashion, therefore... Mm respond, you know, and live as a living sacrifice. Like when you took a lamb to the temple, you took it in thought of all God's done for me. I want to get like, this is my response. This is not my, I'm not taking this so that then you'll give me that you'll be liberal and good to me. But because you've been so liberal and good to me, now this is my response. So when we make this list, I think it's so important that it like lives in like that context right and it makes me want to think about that song so will i and there's this one line in that song that is the best line of all time and i hope that this is going to be right but it might be a little bit wrong and it's fine <laughs> and it just says um because he gave his life to love them so will i mm. and i just want to think oh that's what he's asking our every day to look like he yeah. said i already did it i gave mine and it was a big sacrifice so with your life that you still have because of me, what if you love them too? And I love that you just said that about he, because he gave his life because that happens in only a couple chapters. But like if you look at the rest of his ministry and his life, like for sure he could have done so much with his days and so much with his life. And it was a living sacrifice because he gave up other things in order to do what he did, mm. right? Like. Whenever we choose a certain way of living, by definition and by nature, we're giving up another way of living. Like if I'm going to spend my money on this, it means I can't spend my money on that. If I'm going to spend my energy and time on this, then it means I can't spend my energy and time on that. So I'm always sacrificing a that in order to like live out or give or whatever of this. And Jesus did it all the time, right? Throughout his life. So in chapters, you're going to find like, so this is the worksheet for the week um, in your journal. And you can record all of these in your journal and you'll fill it and fill more and you can make copies of this. And I think this is a really cool way. If I were teaching this, I really would start with that therefore in verse one and just say, hey, remember like, so because Jesus did this, so will I. Like play that song. What's it called again? So will I. Okay. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Easy to remember. Okay. But I, you know, I play that song and you should be like, so will I. So like, what's that look like? And what could that mm. look like in, in my life to be able to do that? And, and Jen, then you can just search through these verses and you just pick things out of what it looks like, you know, to live as, to present yourself as a living sacrifice. Like, I think, I think it's cool that like a sacrifice was a gift, right? It was a gift to God. And it was like, these can be your gifts to God, mm. right? Like my choosing to live this way is my gift. It's my offering. It's what I, I you know, this is what I, um, Elder Maxwell said this line one time. Um, we'll see if I get it right. Where he just says, 
most things that we offer up to God were given to us by him in the first place, right? So it's just like, I give my money, but it's like, well, he gave you, How'd you, you know, it? I give him, my, you know, all these <laughs> things like, um, and he uses a, a line where he says, most of them are return to sender, you know, is, is mm. what they are. But he's like, but our will, our choices, it's the one thing we truly have, you know, to, to offer him. So um, there's so many in here, but that, look at that, do that message thing that's there. Um, okay, wait, let me make sure that I'm on the right verses. Yeah, so this is another, right, uh, um, one of those translations of the Bible, um, like a, a rewording of the Bible, I mm-hmm. guess. The message version of the Bible is like if, you took someone who's like just really like clever, like Elder Holland, and if he rewrote the Bible, like this is what it is. But it gives you an idea of like these verses in chapter chapter twelve. Like, oh, sometimes like things will catch you differently with different words. So, and if you need to find it, it's on that Bible app. Yeah, it's easy to find the message on there, and it's free, so it's easy. But um, it's Romans thirteen, and it starts verse eight. Twelve or thirteen? Am I wrong? Wait, thirteen. Okay. Is that right? Yeah, go 12 through 13. Like when you're looking for Wait, living no, sacrifice, you're, right. you're like it's in both of them. I was looking at the other verse. Good thinking, David. It's actually in 12. But there's such good stuff in 13 so also. Read yeah. So, so surprise, read Okay. Um, now it's in Romans 12 verse 9. That's where you want to start. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on for dear life to good. Be good friends who love deeply. Practice playing second fiddle. That's a surprise one. <laughs> I don't know. Well, you know, that's like in like orchestra or whatever. I don't know if anything you, about music. You be the Well, <laughs> if you're a first chair, it means like kind of like you're the best and people kind of aspire to be like the first chair. So he's saying play second fiddle. Oh, that's even cuter. You know? Yeah. You just love your spot. Okay. Yeah, love your spot. That's yeah. so cute. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Ah, that's so good. Inventive in hospitality. I know. know. Like be super clever and creative in your generosity. Like that's so rad. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. (laughs) David. I I was crying. I was, see? I was Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Oh. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, says God. I'll take care of it. Our scriptures tell us if you see your enemy hungry, go buy that person lunch. If he's thirsty, go get him a drink. Your generosity will surprise him with goodness. Mm. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. Oh. And in the King James, just as beautiful. Um, and, and it'd just be cool like, to read several of them and just to see. And like, oh, I want to pull out some phrases from that and like le- lean into and live out one of those particular phrases in, in a given week or a given day or something like that. And it's like, ah. Oh. Again, it's like, it's almost like a person saying this, oh, this is the order of how it went. Like, I can't believe you were so good to me like that. And in the confidence of being a conqueror because of your love and in the confidence of being rescued and saved by you, teach me how to live. Show me how 
show me how to live the way you want me to live. And then that's what that list all was. You know, it's just like, I, I want to be your apprentice. I want to be your disciple. Show me how to do it. And, and that's what that list is. And I love that it just wants to be a list that it really isn't like rip up your whole daily schedule and start over. Yeah. But it's like, oh no, you already have friends. Let me tell you how to treat them. Yeah. You're already having people come to your house. Let me tell you what it looks like to love them. Yeah. You don't have to start over on your daily schedule. You don't have to start out like, okay, I need to completely change everything. It's just like, oh, let me help you live better. Yeah. Sacrifice your day for better. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Turn the things you're already doing into, what were those words at the beginning? Reasonable service. Yes. Right? Um, there's one of them that's in here that I think is like, so like, and it's in another chapter in chapter 14. And it's one that I'm just like, oh man, when I read it, it just like convicts me a little bit and teaches me something really awesome. It's around verse 15. And what you should know is within the, the, um, the time that they lived in back then, people would offer up sacrifices to idols, right? And then after they would offer it up, sometimes it would be sold and people would just buy it for dinner. Well, there was like an argument within among members of the church who were just like whether that was appropriate to have for dinner meat that was offered up to a false god or a false idol. And some people would just eat it and they would just say like, meat is meat, it's fine. Like it's just, <laughs> who cares? Like who it was offered to. And others were like, no, you're kind of supporting like the business of, of that by, by doing it. And I could actually argue both sides, right? I could be, I think I could do a pretty good job at arguing both sides, but I just love in the middle of this 14, he said, he talks to both groups and he says this, starting in 13, let it, this is chapter 14. Let us not therefore judge one another anymore, but judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. And so to one group, he just says like, Hey, could you just like, let that go? Like that choice that those people are making, you keep bringing it up and they don't want to be around you and they don't want to come to church because you keep bringing it up, right? And he says, instead, like, just consider like what the end result of this is. And then he just says this, I know, and I'm persuaded by the Lord Jesus, there's nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth it unclean, to him it's unclean. And so now he's addressing the other group and he's just like, personally, I don't have a problem with it. But if that guy thinks it's wrong, like it's wrong. It's the choice he's making to worship. And he says, so if your brother to this other group, he's saying, if your brother's grieved with that meat that you're eating, could you just not eat it? Like, do you want to destroy him with meat for whom Christ died? And he's just like, let, you know, the kingdom of God is, so it's, in, before I say that last verse is so awesome. So this side, he's just like, hey, let it go. Let them eat the meat, you know? And they're probably like, yeah, <laughs> you know? And then he says to this group over here, he's like, hey, could you just not eat it <laughs> because it bothers them? And then they're like, yeah, <laughs> right? You could see how it just like pull. And I just love that he's just like, he says this, the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it's righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. And I, I love that he's calling us to maybe sacrifice some of our ideas and some of our insistencies, if that's even a word, you know, some of the things that we insist and order that, like this line, that love fulfills the law. At the, at the end of the day, 1310, he's just like, 
this, this is what it looks like to be a, a living sacrifice. And anyways, that's just one of them that I thought was like particularly like, oh. Poignant. And I love that he just doesn't want you to miss the best part. He's like, don't get caught up in all of this and miss the best part of the gospel. Right. You know? Because, yeah, because the gospel is not meat and drink. Yeah. And the gospel is not, um, what's the word of wisdom? And the gospel is not when I should and shouldn't wear my garments. And the gospel is not like all of these, should I pay on net or gross income. Like the gospel's not those things. And I'm not saying those things are not important because those are ways of spiritual worship. And there are principles there that, you know, but he's just saying like, But Listen, you don't have to be in charge of someone else's. Yeah, and, and you're getting caught in the nitty gritty of this. It's like the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It's righteousness. And righteousness means right relationship. It's all of us in community. It's peace and it's joy in the Holy Ghost. So... And it's, and it's that Christ died for them and, and for me. Like, let, don't let these other things get in the way of that. Mm. It's awesome. Oh, this is your best one. I know. This is so lucky. <laughs> everyone's going to love this. Because, it, oh, well, it's because everyone's, first of all, going to love the whole entire chapter 16. You didn't even know it's a surprise that you're going to love it because you think you're not. But then you do love it so much. And then... Did you forget where Romans yeah. is in your book? All of a sudden, you're in the book of Revelation. It's <laughs> like, all right, you're just ready I for the I'm New Testament it. to I'm be like... over. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm ready for the book oh, of Mormon. <laughs> but um, there's this cutest part where it's like Paul is introducing us to his best friends, his yeah. church. And he starts out, and also that's my second favorite part, is that he wants to start out with Phoebe. He starts out with a girl. That just makes it so cute that he does that. Ladies first. Yeah, he's so polite, such must a gentleman. Be oh, okay, <laughs> just, it's so nice. And he starts out, and he wants to introduce us to a girl named Phoebe. And we all want to meet Phoebe in real life, but we get to because she probably exists in your life right now. But um, he says, "Here, let me let me talk to Phoebe. Let me talk about Phoebe for a second, a servant of the church." Um, and make sure that you receive her in the Lord. And then this is so cute. You can tell that he really trusts her. That he really knows that she's doing good. Because he says, assist her in whatever business she has need of you. Whatever she needs from you, mm. don't even think twice. Just help her. Just do it. Join her little group and just go for it. And then this is how he describes who she is. She has been a sucker of many and of myself also. She was actually known for helping, mm. for aiding people. That word to run to, sucker, means to run to. It can be translated like that. And I cannot imagine what a compliment it must have been to her to be known as someone who ran to so many people to help. Mm. That, that's what she was known by. That is who she got to be. And she got to create a group of people with her who would do the same thing because that's how many people needed and it made me think of this one time when I um, was four-wheeling with our whole entire family. And we were all up in the mountains and I got on this tiny four-wheeler and I was tiny. So I don't know who thought it was a good idea for me to drive. I had to have been like 10 years old, maybe younger. I don't know who gave me permission to drive a four-wheeler. <laughs> it was my mom. Blame her. <laughs> and I, she's not here. She can't say anything about it. And I got on the four-wheeler and I was nervous. That's how I know that I must have been really little because I was scared to be by myself, but I really wanted to. So I was driving this four-wheeler, and the further we got, 
the faster we were going. And the faster we were going, the harder it was. I wasn't strong enough to steer by myself very well. And we took a corner and I couldn't steer because I wasn't strong enough. And I just went right into a tree. And right when I hit the tree, I like flew off my four-wheeler. I don't know what happened to the four-wheeler. But right when I hit the ground, I just screamed the word mom. Like it just came right instinctively, like mom. And I was screaming and screaming and screaming. And that's why I screamed over and over. And um, we got down the mountain and my dad was so bothered with me. And he said, why didn't you scream my name? Why didn't you ask for me to help you? And he just kept bringing it up the whole time we were camping. And all of a sudden when I read that, I was thinking about the fact that Phoebe was known for running to help. Hmm. My mom had must have proved to me that she would run to me when I needed help. Hmm. So that when I was actually hurt, my gut instinct was to call out to her. Hmm. Paul must have known that Phoebe was the same way. Like, oh, when I'm actually hurt, I can call out to her and she's going to come. And it makes me think in my head, how do I become known for that? For running when people need help. And it doesn't just come naturally to scream someone's name. I did not scream my dad's name. He's a good guy. I did not scream for him, right? I knew my mom was going to come. And he runs to the help, too. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he does. He really does. But I just love to think about who in my life could I start helping right now so that when they need help desperately, they know they can call on my name and I'll yeah. be there. You know? Yeah. It's so awesome. Her, I feel like her, this must have been like the first Relief Society or something like that. Like, mm. it sounds awesome that he's just like, whatever, assist her in whatsoever business she has need of you. She's a sucker of many. Like, that's what her, like, intention and, like, that's what I do is I help out. And, like, and so he's just like, everybody, whatever she's doing, go do that also. Like, make a group, make a club, make a, a, a society if you want it to be fancy, you know, <laughs> that will go and just be known for helping other people out. It makes you, I, I want to be a part of that yeah. group. That's just, like, known for helping people out. Like the, like, the group of people, you're like, this is who we call when we need, when we need help. I, so this whole chapter is so, uh, oh, we forgot to show this picture of Phoebe that I found. That's, so look at her, everyone. See, okay, you now. do want to pull for her. This chapter 16 we call Roll Call, and Phoebe is just one of so many names in this chapter. He's ending the letter, and you might actually skip over this chapter because like you would just say it's a list. It's like it legit is the class roll. And I hate the class role so much, you know, I don't, you know, like in Sunday school when it comes in, I don't know, you're supposed to fill it out or something like that. Or the first day of school, it seems responsible. you know, yeah, yeah. That's why you hate it. Okay, maybe it so. It just seems like, you know, it's just like, oh, that you would look through this and you would just see a whole bunch of names that are in here. And even that city that she's from in verse one, Century, whatever, I never even heard of it. <laughs> You know what I, I mean? You're just it, like, yeah, so. I can't even say it. Where you're just like, it would look like a whole list of people that are in there. And they would actually mean nothing to me and, and you to, to look at it. But it starts to become tender when you look at the little things that Paul says about each of the people that he mentions. He just gives a small little um, bonus about that person that gives you just this idea of who they may have been. In verse 3, he says, Will you say hi to Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ mm. Jesus? They laid down their, their life for me. And, and will you also say hi to Mary, 
she worked so hard for us. And also, uh, Amplius, he is my favorite in the Lord. And what about Urbane? And what about Apelles? And what about, and he just goes through all of these people. One of my favorites is 13. Will you say hi to Rufus? Chosen in the Lord. I almost feel like he was reminding Rufus of that. Someone go remind mm. Rufus how much God adores him. And he says, and his mother and mine. So where he talks about is like Rufus's mom is like my mom. She loved me like a mom did. And you just go through and you see all of these names of these people and, and you get a little bit about who they are. But it starts to make you think to yourself of wanting to make your own list like that of people that you would just say, you know, so far in my life where you're just like, you know, if, if it hadn't been for so-and-so, I wouldn't have made it. And if it hadn't been for so-and-so, like we, we would have lost our business. If it hadn't been for so-and-so, I, I don't think you know, our kids would be who they are today. If You know, that just like each of us would have a list of somebody that we were just like, that has changed your story, that has meant so much to you. And if you made that list to everybody else, it would look like Romans 16. But to you, it would be, it would be like a treasure to have that list, the memories of who those people are. And you're going to start school next week and and you're going to have a list of names and they are legit going to be mean nothing to you you know but like god willing <laughs> you know you're going to have a jane butler or a christian butler on that list and i know what's so good about them and you'll see their names and not know that and it just makes me think that god has something so good to say about every single person on that list and throughout the year you'll get to add things onto each of their names and, and you'll learn some of those, you know, things about them where you could put a little line next to, to each of them. And it just seems so sweet to consider and think like, oh, what good thing would God say about each of the people that I know um, in my life and, and what impact have each of them had on me? It really is such a, like, it's the most, it's the sweetest chapter of the whole thing. And I think it, a lot of times gets skipped. I was listening to this old preacher from Tennessee talking about one of his experiences that he had in, in one of the churches that he used to um, attend in the town where he lived. And he had just moved in, he said, with his wife. And they went down to, to the river for baptisms. And, and they were down there and everybody kind of changed their clothes and somebody had built this fire um, right there in the on the beach. And Everyone kind of warmed themselves around the fire. And then he said it was tradition in that church that all those people who'd been newly baptized went around the circle and each of them introduced their, who they were, what their name was. And then it was through tradition that the rest of the church members went around and they said what their name was. But then they also told the, the new group of people um, what they do or like how how they could help. So it would just go around and just be like, my name's so-and-so. And if you ever have car trouble, you can call me. And my name's so-and-so. If you ever have someone who's sick, I'm really good at sitting and watching them. My name's so-and-so. If you ever um, are looking for a job, 
I'm the one you can call because of the connections that I have. And they each went around the circle and, and, and did that. And this chapter 16 just makes me think of that whole idea of, of that names, like names and who they are and, and, and what that means. And this preacher was saying at the end, everybody went home and the guy who kind of, you know, put out the fire was just there and he stayed and was just kind of talking to him for a little bit. And he just said to him, he's like, preacher, you don't get like a group closer than, than this group here. And, and then he says, we have a word for what you just saw um, happen right here. We call that church. And it, it makes me, my heart surge to belong to a, a community of, of believers that would look something like um, this list. People who would be suckers of many and people who God sees good in them and just the how we live and are a part of that all together. Helpers in Christ Jesus, it says in that verse three. So anyways, I love this chapter so much. And so I just want to say, make your little list and then think if there's a little Rufus on your list that just maybe needs a reminder of who they are. Yeah. And maybe you should just tell them because that's why Paul wrote it anyways. Right. You know? Right. To let people know that they were remembered yeah. and known. And, and, and I see something good in them. That's actually re- a really cool, like, you know? Yeah. Almost like you, you could have two lists. One or like, I wouldn't have made it without these people. Yeah. And then another list, you're like, who needs to be reminded, you know, yeah. about what God sees and in them? And Paul just did it in a letter. You could just do it in a text, you yeah. know? Like, who needs a reminder of who they are? Yeah. It would be a way of, because like we were at the beginning, right? We're just like, sometimes we get into that, oh, you know, that frustrating place or, we, you know, all we can say is help or all we can say is thank you. And man, when, when it says to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, like a sacrifice is, was a representative of Jesus. And at the very, you know, and it's very like sweetest and most perfect form. The sum of it is like, like live like he did, you know, go treat people and talk to people, uplift people and, and man, just live your life as Jesus would have lived. Seems to be that invitation. There. Helper. And yeah, a helper. So awesome. All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. This audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.